Hello and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and their wonderful guests, uh, you know, sandworm through the movies of the 80s that we uh, think we love or might have missed. And this is Dune, a movie selection from 1984. A beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. You are about to enter a world where the unexpected. Many dangers exist on Arrakis. The unknown and incredible secrets have been kept on this planet. And the unbelievable beasts. I see two great houses. Where kingdoms are built on Earth that moves. That trailer was almost as long as the movie. It truly, yeah. truly is. And I will I will say, it is beyond my experience. It, <laughs> it, it, it is. Like, nailed it on that. Um, so, and I, I have to say, like, why it seems like such a bad idea to base your entire universe's economy on, and like, all parts of the economy, every piece of it, 
on something that only exists in one place. Like, that's just foolish. I mean, that's not really the case. It's just the most valuable and important thing. I mean, it seems like it's the only. Like, they need it to travel. They need it to eat. They need it. To have a enjoy a a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I am Chrissy Lenz, a comedian for this podcast, director of the Neighborhood Comedy Theater in uh, downtown Mesa, Arizona. And with me, as always, is filmmaker Nathan Blackwell. Good morning. If I sound a little groggy, it's not because I'm sick. It's because it's very early and I've eaten too much peanut butter. I mean it. We've <laughs> talked about this. You got to stay away. From this special peanut butter that's only on one planet. <laughs> it's normal peanut butter. It's just no, very early. Normally, I get, there's a buffer of peanut butter recovery. Oh. And uh, we have a very special enthusiast uh, with us. A super today. fan of the podcast. Yes. Please tell us more, Nathan. Jared, begin no. speaking. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say. You are commended. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan's so good at these introductions. He really is. I can tell you, uh, Jared, he has never once approved of my uh, top to bottom introduction of anyone ever. Um, uh, Jared is a a super fan, super fan of this movie and uh, has a lot to say. And super fan of the podcast, right? And super fan of the podcast. The, The Venn diagrams collide this is this is the perfect day for me oh i'm so happy (laughs) i'm so happy we were able to make it happen because you better be good you better be good on this podcast i better be no pressure i had a really hard time watching this movie so um walk us through your experience jared of like what is your do like how did you find dune like why did you make us watch dune tell me all about it all right, so um, my mom. Wait a apparently... minute. Who are you? Oh, <laughs> oh see, who am I? We have a, That's we what have I a... was trind to make you do, Nathan, and you declined. So Jared and I have known each other. Oh, geez, ten years, over ten years. We um, we we met each other at the Phoenix Zoo. Yes, we we're both uh, exhibit guides, and we we were trusted to speak to the public, right? Yeah, it was it was really wild, and I I very much uh, practiced my my radio voice. <laughs> that Celsius, right? <laughs> and look at all those stingrays! All right, <laughs> we did not last there long. Um, but yeah, Jared and I have remained friends, and he he currently is um uh, a physics teacher and a park ranger, and he plays uh, pirate video games with me every week. So, I love it. Accurate. Accurate. These are all accurate things. Okay. <laughs> all right. So my background. Uh, my mom was apparently engaged to a guy, and I think this was like their last date or something. And, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right. right? <laughs> and so she thought that I should watch this movie regularly, and I pretty much okay. wore the, the VHS copy of it out. Wow. But this so- brings me to my favorite Nathan story. So, you know how in junior high and high school, like, you have these book reports that you never actually finish the book for? Mm-hmm. Very well, familiar. My favorite Nathan story is he wrote a happy ending for 1984 because he never finished it. Nice. 
And I did that for Dune. And I got like not a B. once, <laughs> not once, but four times. Wow. <laughs> I never finished it until probably three or four years ago. So your favorite Nathan story is not when you faked my death. Oh, that is a good one too. <laughs> well, my favorite Nathan biographical okay, story. Gotcha. Jared actually did jokingly the extended universe. Jared did jokingly fake my death in like a staff meeting at the zoo, but he was obviously joking, or so he thought. But two people believed him. Oh no! Uh huh. And I caught hell when I got back into town. <laughs> One oh my person- god. One, he, he, I was I was at a film festival in L.A. and there was an earthquake uh, and I was in it and it was a small earthquake. But he said that I was killed in the earthquake um, and one person was emotionally hurt by it. And only not... one person, Nathan, were you not? Were <laughs> well, you not... I think only, I think only two people believed it. And then oh, the other okay. person, she was like completely. Uh, oh, I thought you were dead. Oh, hi. <laughs> I had like three thoughts about it, and and then uh-huh. I was fine. But here yeah, you are. It, it bounced right off of her, like no. Wow. Anyways, wow. that's nice to know how people really feel about you. That was the gift I gave you that day, Nathan. Yes, it's... and I opened that gift. <laughs> uh, well, I am really glad that you have read the book that you did finish it, though, because like. It, this is so clearly something that is based on source material that if you don't know, then you don't know. And this movie is not going to get you there. Um, yeah, despite like how much exposition is just dumped on you in like the first half hour or like throughout the movie, it, it definitely, I mean, the movie suffers because, you know... It's so much story crammed into a two-hour movie. That's exactly right. Like, this needed to be, like, a Game of Thrones-style eight-season, you know, eight episodes a season, eight seasons. There's one whole episode that is just about the bald ladies. They're actually making a miniseries on HBO just about the Benny Joseret. Oh, Really? Yeah, it's supposed to be coming out sometime with the new movie. Well, mm. good, good because because you you need it. There's so much information, and yeah. you can tell there's so much information, and it's you don't get it, you don't get all of it. You can't get enough of it. So yeah. fun factoid is that Frank Herbert's notes were so extensive for the kind of world building end of all of this that his son has made a career out of just like writing off of those notes <laughs> good work if you can get it yeah yeah no i i i fully believe that because and it, and you can tell that it's you know a book that it's this rich world and these these very detailed things that you just can't you just can't explain it to me in this short amount of time one girl at the beginning being like this is this and that is that <laughs> isn't going to but that's where we start it's a girl well, yeah, yeah it it it, it and it's an evocative way of doing it. Basically, you see a Starfield, and then a, a tiny young Virginia Madsen appears, and and she's talking directly to camera. And it's re- a really interesting way of like not doing like the the text or the crawl because she's just so like intimate, looking right at the camera, you know. Um, but after that scene, we then basically have another scene where. 
like the president of the universe is like describing how something else works. And then the scene after that is another scene of someone describing how this works, you know? And, And at this point you're like 13 minutes in and it's literally only been scenes of world building exposition yeah, of you're people not even to the world yet at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so I, when I was looking at trivia about this, one of the things I found was uh, the theaters had to give out like a glossary of terms to people because it was doing so bad in the box office. <laughs> and the glossary of terms, like I was looking at it and I was like, these things are really not like that critical to know what are, and they're kind of explained. Like, because there's plenty of exposition. It's not for a lack of exposition. <laughs> no, it's not. It it's just that there are too many things to explain. And like, I kept thinking of of Game of Thrones because there's a lot in Game of Thrones too. Mm-hmm. But it's it has a connection to like a reality, like a medieval reality that we can understand. This is like, but it's also the future and it's also space. And so there's no no toeholds. To yeah, be it's like eight thousand years in the future, yeah. And, and it, if my mom is to believe, the universe is only what six thousand years old. So, <laughs> so there we go. So old, <laughs> double old. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we start with the the girl, and she's like telling us stuff. And at one point, she goes, "Oh yes, and I forgot to tell you." And I was like, "Girl, there's Ooh. a lot you forgot to tell me." <laughs> And I'm not, you forgot, and I already forgot, and we're none of us going to remember. Um, but so then we're, yeah, you said it, Nathan, we're in this throne room, and, like, there was a lot of Doctor Who here for me as well, so they, like, <laughs> wheel in this ood in a bin... <laughs> and... Like, an, an enormous container... Uh, with this little like tequila worm inside. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use the word little, but okay, you're right. A gigantic tequila worm inside. Yeah, I, I, there was one guy just uh, assigned with mopping after this this giant container, and it. And w- he didn't do a good was, job. He didn't get any of it. He it was just, not he, enough. It was not enough. And he had just like he's like, oh, let me vacuum up all this like worm pee, but he didn't. <laughs> He like did two little swipes, and then there was a huge puddle left behind. Mm-hmm. What? Um. So who? Tell me, Jared. Yes. Who were those guys, and what is the point of them? So those are the <laughs> guild navigators. Um. And fun fact: there are no aliens in this entire universe. Say um, what? That is a highly evolved human because, you know, we've had 8,000 years to evolve, right? Uh-huh. So basically Obviously. the guild navigators use the spice uh, to make sure that they don't crash into things when their ships are flying at light speed because they're not allowed to use computers. Okay. Tell me. Okay. I have, I have <laughs> so many questions. Why aren't they allowed to use computers and how does spice help them navigate? I get it being like a sort of psychosyllabic, you know, like a, like a shroomy helps you live mm. longer and helps you, you know, see the world in a different way that you got me. But how does it help you to navigate space? It lets you see the future. And so that way you know which way to turn and not crash into asteroids as you're hurtling through space at the speed of light. Which Star Wars taught us. That is the perfect answer. It makes, yeah. And now it makes total sense. Yeah. 
why couldn't they get that information to me in this movie? I hear did the new. I, I think that the move the new movie has like one of those like little pop up webcams where like someone <laughs> like Jared like Dustin actually this is how this happens. I need that. I need a new rock stars. Thanks to, to be the like... yeah the Gen Z. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up for me. The first of many thanks. Uh, so in this in this world, everybody's like it's very Victorian, very Spanish looking. Um, I feel like before we go any further, we have to we have to tell everyone who do- doesn't know that this is a big budget movie directed by David Lynch. That this yeah. is David Lynch giving the keys to the kingdom. The sets, the costume, the color palettes are all off the chain. It is yeah. so visually cool. And if you don't know who David Lynch is, then go to hell, listener. <laughs> go right to hell. <laughs> But yeah, he or is. Or you could very quickly let people know about Twin Peaks and stuff. Right, Twin Peaks, avant-garde filmmaker, not a typical narrative at all. No, and and, and he he wrote the screenplay for this, and I would say, as close as you could get David Lynch to kind of like play by the rules, this is as close as you can get. Like in terms of the abstractness, like. You know, from what I know, and I haven't read the Dune books, um, it feels like they're pretty much, he's pretty much, like, keeping to the canon of the world. Wouldn't you say, Jared? Like, Yeah, uh, the the Dune nerds are kind of upset about the weirding modules, the little sound weapons they have. Okay, yes, I have so many questions about that. (laughs) That's a strictly David Lynch invention. Oh, interesting. That's so interesting. And can I throw in the one joke I got into my notes when I was watching the film? Please. Yeah, it relates to this scene. Begin joke. So the Emperor is straight up a James Bond-style villain. He's got to give his entire plan out right at the beginning, his whole evil plan, and let everybody know what it is. There was a... Wait, there was a plan? I, yeah, to, to yeah. kill to uh, to, to, kill put the Atre- to put the Atreides on Dune so that the right. Harkonnens he, can can get the Atreides out of the way. Yeah, because he doesn't like them developing these powerful sound weapons. Okay, I don't just uh, um uh, uh go ahead, Jared. Begin <laughs> About- <laughs> joke. No, that was the joke. I was just oh. comparing him to a James Bond villain. Remember, I'm okay, not, joke I'm not a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, you know, here's the thing is that he they're like, oh, all of these words, the Atreides, the Harkonians, the Atraxis, the Blah, the Melange, blah, blah, blah. You have to kill Paul. What? That's the best we can do? I was not here. Paul, Je- <laughs> Paul and Jessica are like the only they have they're only two people with like totes norm names. Why? Why? Like Paul is the most boring name there is. <laughs> I imagine that's kind of the point. I mean, there's Duncan. Duncan's got a, a people name. Yeah, Duncan the, Idaho. Duncan. Yeah. Duncan is a at least Shakespearean. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, hey, oh, this is Paul. Um, this is this is Fade, and this is blah blah blah, and this is yada yada. It's like it's tough. It's tough for me. All right, so. We're not even one scene into this movie, friends, and we are 20 minutes into We're in the second scene. We're into the second scene. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you for keeping us going. That's Um, what I said is I'd have to tone it down because I could talk about this for weeks. Yeah. We Uh, appreciate your restraint. 
So then, like, we meet Paul and the Atreus. Say the actual name. Atra- the Atreides? Atreides. I'm going to call them the Atreus. Uh, okay. Because I have <laughs> at least context for that. Um. Okay, so... Paul, here's Paul. Paul is like a gorgeous little baby Kyle Kyle McLaughlin of of probably most famously Twin Peaks, right? Um, And Portlandia. He's the mayor. Oh, that's right. Yes. So that's probably where our audience knows knows him from. That that really sent me on a trip. And he just is so... Like, it really helped ground me into understanding what was happening to understand that his, like, modern approximation is Timothy Chalamet. Because we, like, (laughs) you know, we'll talk about, like, oh, if we were going to remake this, who would we cast? And, like, yeah, you need, like, a delicate, pretty young thing, uh, which is is what Timothy Chalamet is. And so, like, I, you know, at least if that's how he's supposed to be, like, according to the book, then nailed it both times, right? Yeah, he's supposed to be like 15. Yeah, and he's supposed to be a little delicate darling waif, according yes. to what I understand. Um, so, but he is doing homework. He's fighting with Captain Picard. Um, he's in. <laughs> <Who> eventually <laughs> grows a mullet. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but he, is it a mullet if there's no party in front? <laughs> It's the party in the back that matters. Okay, oh yeah. There's no, he, but it seems like, okay, there's no business up front, and there's all party in back, but yeah. it seems like he's all business, except for the scene where, like, spoiler alert, this the, the planet is getting killed, or at least planet one, Kalidor, Um and he's running around, with, there's soldiers everywhere, and he's running around with a pug in his arm. The that's, pug! That's oh my god! Yeah, the pug. I love the pug. That's when, oh okay yeah that's when that's when Arrakis is being attacked. Yeah. So planet two yeah. Duh. So yeah, I have two pugs, and I feel like it's mostly motivated by this movie. And one <laughs> of my one of my other good notes I took is uh, so like pugs are depicted as these royal dogs, but really they're just like farty snorty goblins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 but I was I was so grateful that they showed us that the that like the pug is safe. Patrick Stewart's got the pug, and I can stop worrying about that at least. <laughs> yeah, at least that has a full closure. There's no lingering questions about the pug. No, and no 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 ever eventual answers about the pug. It's just there, and it's fine. And then good. and then blue 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 blue. Um, the most good script writing, David Lynch. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to know that the sonic screwdriver devices are a total Lynchian addition and not in any way um, part of the Dune universe because it, it seemed like something that was straight out of Doctor Who that, like, we're going to use sound to create bullets. Yeah. Am I getting I that think, right? So in the book, basically, their shields... Um make them have to do knife fights because if you shoot a gun at the shield it essentially sets off a nuclear explosion and that's bad and so i think for a movie having all knife fights for battle scenes would be really terrible Mm. so he's like well we gotta have a little bit better action for when it's fighting time so let's Mm -hmm. let's invent these guns which is fair i mean i don't know like again game of thrones like manages to um you know have 
sword fights that seem pretty okay. Well, I, I, it's also tough because in, in 80s technology, so they, they've got their personal energy shields, but they're really kind of cumber, cumbersomely created on screen, you know, and it's hard, like, the, you know, it's probably expensive to animate that, hand animate that over the actor, and it's hard to even see which actor it is because of the animation. And so to have like an actual battlefield of all that going on, it's like we've already got a headache making everyone's eyes blue sort of most of the time or in some scenes. Um, yeah, that seemed more complicated than it needed to be. Am I am I crazy? Well, the, their like- eyes should be always like their eyes should have always been blue, but they were kind of like making them blue only in some shots you know, um, towards the end because their effect of the spice. Um, but, but yeah, I, that, that must've been just such a huge pain in the butt back then to hand animate their eyes. Um, so then this like bald lady comes in and she's like, I got this box and you guys stick your hand in. Um, we're still at the beginning of this movie. Uh, and you, so he sticks his hand in the box that tricks him into thinking that he's getting like burnt by acid. And then we get like the, the part of this movie that I think is the most well-known, which is the fear is the mind killer speech, which is mm-hmm. the best, I think the best part. Mm-hmm. And okay. that is in the books. Moving right along. Uh, so then then Wait, can I throw in my hand joke too? Please. In my notes, I would get so hungry from the smell of my own hand. <laughs> Fear is the mind killer. Hand is the dinner. Um, remember the tooth. Remember the tooth. I was not here. I did not say this. Um. So then. We're not going to make it past the first half hour. Okay. We're, we're going to have to split this into three or four episodes like the movie should have been. Okay. I will zippity zap, zip zap yeah, the, through the... what happens and then we'll circle back. Okay. So okay. there are these disgusting people. The disgusting gingers are the Harkonogamans and they are going to kill all of the Atreus and take over the planet. They do that. The mom escapes with the kid. They go to the planet. They find um, the Fremen. Uh, she drinks poison water that makes her bald. They learn to ride the worms. The worms poop the spice. They, um, the next thing that happens is that the, um, big boss bound villain gets mad because Timothy Chalamet is like taking care of business on the planet. So he goes to try and kill them and they're like, uh, jokes on you. We all have sonic screwdrivers and we ride worms now. Um, and that's the whole entire movie, Dune. Oh, and he okay. has a baby sister that falls out of his mom when she drinks the poison water <sighs> and is basically a tiny witch. Yep. Okay. So we skipped over some some points I wanted to make. I'll just read them briefly. Ready? Did we? I'm pretty sure I got <laughs> it. Here we go. Okay. So um, uh, bigger eyebrows, please. Um, lots of exposition. Um, less heart plugs, please. Oh, so um, much less. That's disgusting. That's also uh-huh. David Lynch. I couldn't. This I was not expecting so much gross out. And I'm so glad they didn't make Sting gross. I'm so glad they just gave Sting a little dick surfboard and like let him be. 
Well, that's also supposed to be his characters. He's supposed to be the relief from the Harkonnen kind of tyranny and disgustingness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that worked. Yeah, I couldn't. There was They were so gross that I couldn't deal with it. And he flies. What yeah. the fuck is that? He's too fat to walk around. Yeah, that, that was pretty great, I thought. Yeah. You're, the great the great Baron is the word great. that you're saying? Okay, tell me why it's great. Explain, explain me. So he's basically just this total hedonist. Okay. And, and part of that is him taking pleasure out of repulsing other people, too. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. I just think, like, in terms of a villain, what a, what a great way to, to have a villain. I sense you disagree, but it's okay. No, no, no I, agree. I, I agree. Yeah, no, it, it's just th- a little spittle on your face. Yeah, that <laughs> that disturbed me in a way that will never leave me. Yeah, when the um uh, uh, the movie, you know, for like the first twenty minutes was a lot of world building, a lot of introductions, and when we eventually met like the Harkonnens, shit totally gets real like the the villains like we are it's like you have secretly gone down this this um into this basement in like a cd bar and there is some creepy shit going on there and you would just love to race out of that room but you're locked into it that's what kind of this is like we get this this (laughs) this is the moment where it's like okay i'm pretty sure this movie was not meant for kids and now i know it you know, well, I have the coloring books to prove otherwise. Nathan. Oh, good Lord. Are there are these weird, gross monsters in the coloring book? Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite pages, because I was leafing through it before we got on, was like the Guild Navigator. And they add like this whole line that's not even in the movie for the Guild Navigator. It's like blend the extinction of Paul Atreides into your recipe and you will come with a meal to our liking. It's no. like, that's for kids. That's definitely for kids. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, what is it? Like, oh, I gotta get the right shade of green for all of his boils. Like, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed this coloring book. Tell me more about the coloring book. I mean, it's I got it at, uh, at Bookman's. It's, it's pretty much what you would expect it to be. Just like, totally missing the boat on the audience for this book and (laughs) oh my god there were uh, the problems with this movie is so first of i mean david so george lucas offered return of the jedi to david lynch i saw thank god just thank god that that didn't happen yeah, because you can't put you can't put baby in a corner you know you can't you can't Tell David Lynch not to make David Lynch, you know, and and please don't and don't let him make Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and and so um, he instead, you know, he got to make his own his own sci fi movie, Dune, and he was like, you know what I, you know what I am gonna take away is the Sarlacc bit. That's the bit I'm gonna really <laughs> yoink. Um, no, um, but then also it, it's it's tough to make. 
Dune, like anyone would have had yeah. a, a problem to have Agree. done this. You Agree. Know? And everyone did have a problem and everyone has mm-hmm. had a problem and there's never not been a problem with the cursed object of making this into a movie. Yeah, because it doesn't fit into a two-hour box, you know? And it doesn't fit into the format. It doesn't even fit into the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries. Even a miniseries is not enough. You need... This this needs to be, you know, many, many, many different seasons of, Mm -hmm. you know... Yeah, because it's the thing is, is that the story is playing the long game. It's not just like, you know, like it could be summed up in a single encounter, you know, and then expanded out. You know, it's it's like it's like Lord of the Rings to where there's obviously a longer cast and, you know, and and um, and uh, all these narrative debts that have to be paid off. Well, and then the book series takes place over something like 25,000 years, too. So. You're right. <laughs> it's exactly like if you tried to make one two-hour movie out of all of the Lord of the Rings, and you just uh-huh. had someone at the beginning be like, look, elves, dwarves, this bad guy, that guy's mean, these people have you know, nose piercings, there you go. And then you're just like, wait, what? Because it just, and the whole second half, the whole part where uh, Timothy Chalamet is in charge of everybody it zips by in a heartbeat and they're like, uh, beep, bop, boop. He can ride the worms. Beep, bop, boop. The worms poop is the spice. Beep, bop, boop. He loves Sean Young. Beep, bop, boop. Here they are making out. Beep, bop, boop. Oh, his sister fell out and she's in charge of everyone. What? Uh-huh. I don't understand the water of life. I don't understand why it's poison, but it's okay for them to drink it. I don't. Yeah, you, you had to make so many quick, like, you know, like. Paul arrives with the Fremen, you know, and then immediately he's seen as the Messiah and then he immediately is training them. And then he is, you know, immediately in in love with Sean Young and they, you know, they're Sean in Young the bone zone. Doesn't say more than 20 words in this movie. Right. Before and, the bone zone. And they have to exciting. let Zendaya talk more or I'm going to well, be upset. OK, so here's the thing is the second half of the Dune movie that the, 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 the new one coming out. So the first half, I've heard that you don't even see a worm. Like wait, it stops. Wait. There's two halves. Yeah. And then the second oh, half shit. is going to be told straight up from Zendaya's perspective. Oh, mm. good. That seems like a better way to do it. Yeah. That seems like a much better way to do it. Um, there was a lot of weird gender stuff of like the men can't see this and the women can't see that. That mm-hmm. like all a, this. The place that is terrifying to women. Yeah. Oh, what? Don't worry. That just ramps up in the book. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it's okay. like I would um, love I'll... to see a retake of this where it's like genders aren't binary, and there's one person who's like, "Yeah, no, I can see it all. I see everything, and I'm not afraid of anything." Ask me your questions. So let me say of all this, this movie has the thing in life that disturbs me the most. The which um, is tequila worms with butthole lasers. Nope, that, I'm fine with that. It is. Children in the 1980s with an adult woman's voice. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> that, was, it's, that was so prevalent, like in the 80s and then, you know, like, you know, and then earlier to where 
that kid can't act, and so they dub over with a woman's voice, I think that we should do this. And it's always so dissettling. Yeah, and then sometimes she's like, and I think we should do that. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that, yeah. That's also kind of her whole deal, because she was born not only fully conscious and, like, like functional brain, but also with the memories of every woman who had ever changed the poison of the water of life. So basically she's, she's experienced everything that every woman who's done that for thousands of years has experienced. And so she's thoroughly messed up by all of this. Yeah. I mean, she's like, (laughs) so she's got a lot of weird boyfriends later on. She's got a lot to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a question I want you to answer for me. Jared, okay, I possibly have many questions, but I need this one answered. What is the deal with the 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 um gross gingers capture the um like witch doctor of um the Atreides and they give him a cat in a cage with a rat taped to it? I love that. It's another kind of David Lynch thing, but it is at least jiving off the book. Uh-huh. Uh, but basically, they know that he's not going to be cooperative with them, and Duke Leto killed their Mentat by blowing the, the poison tooth at him. And so they're like, well, we need a new Mentat, so let's do some Harkonnen stuff and uh, and put a poison into his body that the only antidote is he has to stick around and, and pet this cat for us. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's all just mind torture or normal torture. I, but why was there a rat taped to the cat? Visual effect? <laughs> Cinema. <laughs> Cinema. <laughs> yeah, no, but I get it if it's like, yeah, we poisoned you and the only thing that will save you is to love this cat. It's like, okay, like, haven't we all had a little taste of that poison? Like, petting a cat makes you feel happy and the poison of life is uh, driven out by it. But why would you tape a rat to the cat? Well, see, in the book, they just, like, put the antidote in his food and don't tell him any of this. So if he tries to run away, he'll just die. That makes But, but the more. cat is so much more more for cinema it's beautiful okay okay and and what even are the mentats the the big eyebrowed people who can't apply their lip liner correctly okay so uh that whole no computers thing uh, yeah what is that so at some point in the past there was the butlerian jihad uh-huh. Which essentially was they were very upset about AI and they're like, yeah, no, we, we're not going to make any machines in the semblance of a human mind anymore. Um, and so that kind of drove people to uh, specialize in different things. So like the Mentats essentially take the place of like calculators and computers. Um, the guild sort of like or GPS systems, I guess. I don't I'm not quite sure. Basically, the guild does their thing where they fly through space and try not to crash into things. Okay. Um, and then the Benny Gesserit is kind of the most interesting because they are manipulating uh, the genetics of the people, but they're also manipulating the religion of the world, which is why Paul is able to just waltz in and 
and uh, get the Fremen on their side is because the Bene Gesserit have put in all this forework of like, oh, hey, uh, there's going to be this guy that comes along that's the son of a Bene Gesserit, <laughs> and they're doing this in case a Bene Gesserit gets in trouble on Dune, which is really convenient for Paul to take advantage of all of this manipulation. So that worked okay. out. And so that's the thing about how he had like 25 sisters that we never meet and he's the only boy and the she only he was only a boy because she loved uh who what? Well, he didn't have 25 sisters. They were trying to breed the universe as superhuman. Like that's kind of their whole genetic program. Uh-huh. And they're very upset that it was too soon because they can't control him. Like they don't they don't have their hooks into him deep enough. Mhm. And this was all in the pamphlet they gave out in the theater. Uh, no, the pamphlet they gave out was just like, "What's a gom jabar?" And I like, I she explains what a gom jabar is. I don't know why we need that in the pamphlet. Okay, <laughs> but so, it's at least in the coloring book, right? Yeah, absolutely. You draw. You get to draw the the so, pus flowing out of his hand. So I, I also want to point out the um, these are the things that um are noteworthy. The uh, the the sl- so the slow motion shot of the young girl uh, holding both the the knife and the poison thumbnail as she's kind of like in ecstasy or in joy as there's like destruction behind her that's noteworthy. Yeah, I, um, I didn't see any of that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was then, right at the end, so you might have been running out of energy. I oh I was oh I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, like as the movie was wrapping up, there was a, a you know where like Paul, Paul has like you know they've won the, the you know everyone's celebrating they're giving out medals you know <laughs> the voiceover is and then he became the hand of God da, 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 you know it's Good like night. Oh, thank man. you thanks <laughs> for coming bye that's the end well, hey. yeah, I, so, so I guess like Star Wars is going left and these guys are going right you yeah. know <laughs> yeah um okay so uh, what are what are we looking forward to in the new movie what are we hoping to see what do we think will be different like are, are have we learned so much in the last 30 years that we're gonna fix this? Well, I've I've got a lot of faith in in Denis Villeneuve as a filmmaker. You know, like I, I if there's anyone who can kind of navigate something that is both like sci-fi but yet spiritual and maybe a bit difficult, I feel like he can. But I also feel like it's still going to be an adult experience. Mm. So for me, I really love the campiness and the visual <laughs> psychedelicness of this. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a great suspicion that it is going to try to be gritty, kind of like, I liked the uh, the Val Kilmer, et cetera, Batmans, but like Christian Bale Batman just doesn't do it for me because I just feel like they're trying too hard and it's not fun anymore. It's too, mm-hmm. it's too mm-hmm. like, real. Yeah. yeah. So I think the eye, the eyebrows will be toned down. The eyebrows will be toned down. We'll we'll have a lot less of a bad acid trip experience. Mhm. Yeah. And that's those are the things I really love about this movie. Yeah, and you're and you're worried most of all about Lovely Fade. Lovely Fade. Well, so the rumor has it is that uh Fade and Raban are just one character now. They did they totally did away with Sting's character in the in the new one. Oh, mm. I was kind of hoping we could just get 
today sting to be the same guy um all right so what would you on a scale of of one tooth to ten tooths yes exactly (laughs) um and that you must never forget uh what what do you rate this movie and i i want to hear everybody's like reasons for why as well Uh uh-huh so let's start with Jared because I feel like that's going to be the top, and then we'll the have easy a, like, one, yeah. Steady mm-hmm. slide downward. Yeah, well, I mean, I get how people don't like this movie. Like, it is a lot to deal with, but right, <laughs> 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 that should have been the, the tagline. It's a lot to deal with. <laughs> this movie's a lot, guys. That should have been in the uh, in the preview. Right, the preview was so long it didn't manage to get that in there. Yeah, yeah they edited that. Had that to edit that out of there. I mean, I think this is a great movie to have on in the background of a bar on silent because mm-hmm. it's yes. visually beautiful. Um, and if you're not trying to like follow the story, it is a great movie. And if you read the books, you can totally follow the story. Yeah, and like it, me, in, in like two minute sections, it's like I've never seen anything like this. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, this movie is amazing, and I love it. Um, okay okay so is that a 10 out of 10 i don't know that i'd call it the perfect movie because it could certainly be a lot better Mm -hmm. so maybe a a 9.2 oh we'll we'll give it a a generous eight okay 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 um nathan i'm excited to hear your filmmaker thoughts on on how this movie ranks so it's difficult because it is in, so, in, in some ways it's impenetrable and abstract and in some ways you can tell you can you 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 know it's like the inherent mythology of dune is compelling and and has like you know like uh, aspects of it that is just beyond this movie and then i'm thinking of like where where else do i know about this stuff about the sandworms and the spice it's got to be mainly from this movie because I didn't or just kind of like connection with pop culture, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I, I haven't watched the miniseries. I haven't read the books, but I know I feel like I know things beyond what's in this movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I this, it, it, because in terms of making a recommendation it's tough for me to say like, oh yeah, this is definitely like a five or a six in terms of actually experiencing it. But I feel like there's a lot of very interesting and well done and compelling, you know, art in the movie to kind of maybe bring it back up to something like a 6.7, you know, in terms, in terms of inexperience. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I hear ya. Um. Yeah. I can't do that. I'm gonna go ahead and just <laughs> like a three because I yeah <laughs> I enjoyed the campiness of it. Like the 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 campiness of it was great, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I was just like, what's happening to me? And I can't. I, but and you can tell that you like you all said the, you can tell the source materials there. You can like I'm interested in what like David Lynch has to has to say to me visually. I'm I'm interested in the performances, but it's just like no, thank you. I 
I will pass on this movie forever. Um, but I'll probably see the other, you know, the new one um, just out of curiosity, just out of like the curiosity of like pushing a bruise, you know, like, all right, let's see what you got. Um, and I, I am so sorry, Jared. It's okay. I totally get it. Okay. <laughs> Good. So what is your deep cut? recommendation i'm so excited to hear everyone's deep cut recommendation and how you arrived at it um does anyone want to go first i would like to go last because i have a suspicion that nathan's gonna mention something that i'll be referencing is this, that way uh, we won't have to talk about it twice is this jet uh Jodorowsky? yes okay okay so so my, my first is is maybe not the deepest but then i want to go slightly deeper so it's actually two recommendations so i think like the obvious choice is jodorowsky and i'm i know i'm mispronouncing jodorowsky. that jodorowsky yeah alejandro jodorowsky is a avant-garde filmmaker even crazier than david lynch who tried to make dune before david lynch what and his version was would i have 14 hours would i have yeah. seen anything to put no. him in a context for me no no yeah no um and, and so he's a chilean filmmaker um and his version would have just been batshit nuts like uh in terms of some of the cast it would have been like salvador dali it would have been orson wells and mick jagger mm-hmm. um david carradine it, it, it and then the the drawings were fantastic but insane you know mm-hmm. um and so there's a, a a wonderful i think it's still on netflix there's um uh, a, a wonderful documentary that goes into what his version of dune would have been yeah i couldn't um, find it for free but i think you can rent it for like three bucks yeah yeah so yeah. that that's that that's like the surface level recommendation um if if this fascinates you or just in terms of filmmaking you want to go to. And I'd, I'd say if you want to go further into Dune itself, um, there's a, a great podcast called Imaginary Worlds that goes into kind of like, you know, the making of, you know, fiction and how it affects people. Um, and then there's an episode called The Book of Dune, where they they talk about some of the things of how, you know, the themes in Dune and how Frank Herbert brought so much of Islam, which he is not a, a member of, into the sci-fi universe, you know? And and is it appropriation? It did it, it it did inspire people who who were Islamic and didn't see themselves represented in sci-fi. But at the same time, they also talk about like just the series of Dune and how difficult uh, the series itself is to adapt and to to put into a movie context. Yeah, um, it really so is. It, it, it really it, is. It, it, it's a really nice conversational, well-researched um, show, and it, they do all sorts of great topics. But yeah, the Imaginary Worlds, episode 72, The Book of Dune. Excellent. Uh, and Jared, did he? Do you have something he didn't take away from you? Yeah, absolutely. Because I just, I was hoping to just build off of the Yodorowsky's Dune conversation. Oh, and in order to introduce my actual recommendation, 
Go team venture. Go team venture. But in uh, in Yodorowsky's Dune, they talk about how like they had so much work put into this, all these storyboards and all this. Uh, H.R. Giger did the uh, did a lot of the storyboards, and mm-hmm. so a lot of his work in this just got cut whole cloth and put into Alien. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And like, uh, so this movie, like all the work that got done to make the Yodorowsky Dune just totally like kickstarted all the sci-fi moving forward from that and I'm like they they make a great case about how how much it influenced everything going forward even though it was never made mm, the Yodorowsky mm-hmm. dune mm-hmm. um and so like uh Frank Herbert tried to like kind of start this club of like we're poor authors and not rich enough to sue george lucas over star wars um (laughs) but like it's basically like okay so you've got this kid who's supposed to save the world from an even evil empire who grew up in a desert huh and Mm -hmm. uh so like dune was super influential um and then after after uh so my recommendation getting circling back to where i was supposed to be focusing is the comic book the inkle which uh yodorowsky and mobius uh mobius is kind of this famous french uh, uh graphic novel illustrator they started this comic book the inkle in 1981 and they were obviously doing that after they they worked together on yodorowsky's dune um and it is so great and super influential. Like uh, uh, Brian Michael Bendis of Marvel fame uh, talks about how just outraged he is that like pieces of this book are cut whole cloth and just put into other things mm-hmm. because it's just so it's it's great and it's influential and not a lot of people know about it, so they feel like they're just free to to plagiarize it how they will. But yeah, the Inkle is great. Um, Alejandro Yodorowsky and Mobius wrote it together. And that's my recommendation. That is a good one. Excellent. Um, So I have two. One is like much like y'all's first one also is not that deep of a deep cut. I want to recommend the Hugo and Nebula Readership Podcast um, hosted by uh, past and future guest Alice Baker. Uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Spangler and they are, are reading through like chronologically all of the uh, Hugo and Nebula award winners including Dune um, so you can listen to the episode about Dune and like really understand the book piece of the puzzle um, and then my uh, actual deep cut recommendation is uh the Green New Deal. Let's uh, let's not let our planet become a an sandworm ridden uh, <laughs> wasteland where everybody is like digging around for worm poop. And that's uh, let's uh, let's save this here planet, folks. Um, so yeah, so that's that's me. That's I mean, thank you, Jared, for being a guest and explaining to me <laughs> so many things that I still don't understand. But I feel like I am less in the in the weeds i'm still in the weeds but i'm closer to the road oh don't worry it took me like six times of finishing the book to finally like (laughs) it's one of those things you have to work at 
Yeah. And I don't know whether or not it's like actually even worth working at. Like, but I'm glad I did. Good. Well, then that's, Good. you know. Well, I'm glad no, to. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Um, <laughs> what would you like to uh, tell people to go see? Like, if, you know, if you don't have your own like podcast or anything, is there another one you want to recommend or is there anything you want to try and signal boost for yourself or for anyone else? Uh, take a physics class and go for a hike, I guess. Hell yes. Make sure you drink lots of water. Just uh, not in that order. Pick up your trash. The, yes. Don't don't mess with the rattlesnakes. Thank you. Those are all such meaningful things. Uh, Nathan, where can people find all of your brilliant filmmaking and nuance? Uh, as always, uh, squishystudios.com is probably the best place to go to see our work. Don't update it super regularly. Uh, we do have a Facebook and a, and uh, the Twitter and Instagram under Squishy Studios are basically my personal. Um, uh, but we do we do have a big project coming up, um, so stay tuned. Um, and you, to, you've to got, learn more. Uh, you're in film festivals with the. Oh yeah, um, we just our film. our short film Star, Star Saga is uh, playing at Gen Con this weekend. Um, by the time this podcast episode will have uh, come out, it's probably would have passed. Uh-huh. But we uh, are also playing at FilmQuest in Utah. Excellent. So, oh, can I add to my my recommendation, my my uh, plug? Please do watch watch Nathan's Eden Valley claim. I'm in it, and it's good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not biased at all. It's it's his uh. best work. Uh, thank you. <laughs> that was that was a, a short film that I did for my 40th birthday. I wanted to go out to a cabin and film a silent movie on film uh, with my friends. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun where we uh, just made a silent movie on film on Mm -hmm. Super 8. And I legitimately punched Adam Rainey in the face because I didn't have my glasses on. (laughs) Well, I mean... I, I'm sure Adam gets it. Uh, okay. And yeah, you can find me at if you're in the Arizona area at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater in downtown Mesa. You can find me online at um, all things NCTPHX. And of course, find all of the most excellent podcast uh, things at mostexcellentpod.com, mostexcellentpod on the Instagrams. And, uh, you know, please... I, I can't stop asking because I can't stop needing you to like, rate, review, thumbs up, share, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a child that is, in fact, an adult with all the memories of all the women who came before her. Just tell someone and, and you'll be doing uh, me a favor and all of us. Um, thank you again for listening and, and for considering doing all of that and possibly even taking action about it. Um so and we, don't forget to uh, remember the tooth. Remember the tooth, the tooth, please. Remember the tooth. The tooth. The tooth. Remember the tooth. Um, <laughs> and while you're out there in the world, please remember to be excellent to each other. And party. party. <laughs> remember the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I was not here. I did not say this. Uh, um. Yay! Great job, everybody. Yay. Yeah. Lovely fade. We, Lovely fade. We barely even got into it. We didn't. We, did, we, we didn't. Yeah, we skipped over like, uh, and then the last 90 minutes oh went God. like this. <laughs>
I'm glad well, that I'm fifteen minutes over budget. I'm glad that the <laughs> I'm glad that the new one is in two parts though, because you just it's not one movie. It can't be. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, even like the fourteen hour miniseries. Yeah. It's it's rough. Yeah, the four, the fourteen hour miniseries didn't get past like the first room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's st- I can't believe it's it's season. You know, it's like the seventh hour. And they're still in the first room. They're still explaining how the spice melange works. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm gonna stop.